You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Curtain up theater people and welcome to your program is your ticket. My name is Sean Chandler and I'll be your host. Your program is your ticket is a discussion of smaller theater works and the people and the organizations that make it happen. As many of you know, your program is your ticket is a helpful system where your program is literally your ticket to get into the theater and smaller, more intimate productions. It's these works we like to highlight, and it's our goal on this show to feature as many of these productions as possible while still discussing the biggies. I love theater and see as much as I can wherever I go. During the travels of the production of my husband and my play at The Flash, I've met many wonderful people from all over the world in the theater community, and it is my honor to bring them on as guests to the show. Now, normally, I come to you from Midtown Manhattan in New York City, where I live, but this episode has me in Chicago working on my new show, We the People, the Anti-Trump Musical, which begins performances Friday, January 26, 2018, and is being produced by Chicago's Flying Elephant Productions. And tonight's guests are the cast and creative team of this inaugural production of We the People. Boy, do we have an incredible musical plan for you. And I am so excited, I'm going to forego my normal opening topic and bring them straight on out. So folks, please welcome to the show the cast and creative team of Flying Elephant Productions' upcoming We the People, the Anti-Trump Musical. Hi, gang, and welcome to your program as your ticket. Hi! I am so excited that you're all here, and you're all doing a podcast episode. It's so great. It's so cool. So let's start by going around the semicircle here and having each of you introduce yourselves and telling us what your function is in the production, starting with this gentleman right here. Hello, uh, I am Derek Van Barum, and I am directing We the People. Hi, I'm Neil Kelly, and I am stage managing the show. I'm Alyssa Soto, and I'm playing one of the women. I'm Bradley Halverson, and I'm playing one of the men. I'm Elizabeth Renfro, and I am another woman. <laughs> My name's Carmen Reese. I'm also a woman in the cast. My name is Dwayne Everett, and I'm a man. <laughs> I'm Timothy Swaim, and I am the third man. I'm Leo Schwartz, the composer, lyricist, and the executive director of Flying Elephant Productions. And I should probably say that I am Sean Chandler, and I wrote the book. Yeah. So just just so that you... Oh, I fished for it, I know. Thank you. Okay. Um, Leo, why don't you start by telling us about the show? Well, the show is a song cycle, Sean. It um, started off as... Uh, our response to the election of 2016 and that, that morning that we woke up and, and we were chatting with each other online and said, oh my gosh, uh, we need to do something artistic. Let's do something artistic. So the show is a song cycle uh, that goes through uh, the election of uh, 2016 and uh, the aftermath and sort of where we are. And it's also a call to action to the citizens of the United States to exercise their rights as citizens and to, uh, uh, to uh, take their place within the political process. That sounds about right. Wouldn't you all agree? Yeah. Yes. yes. Excellent. Okay. Cast, crew, how are rehearsals going? Good? Good? Yeah. 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 Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we'll start with the cast. How are you feeling about rehearsals, Alyssa? I think that rehearsals are going really well. I think um, we all started like meeting in December for our music rehearsals, and um, it's really special, I think, when you have such like a small cast, because you really get to know each other, and you become a lot closer on like the work, and the like, work really influences you, and so I think it's been cool to um, work on something that is so... I think important to all of us and come together and, you know, get to know everyone and get to know closer. And I think that we've all really gelled together and it's just been fun. And now moving into like the rehearsals this month and bringing in more of the creative team and just seeing how we all fit together really well. Does anyone in the cast have a favorite part of rehearsing the show? I always like any part where we're all singing together, um, yeah. kind of piggybacking off of what Alyssa was saying, just the fact that it is a small um, cast show, um, there's something in, innately um, collaborative, and I guess that's always the case with any theater project, but maybe more so with a small cast. So when we're all together singing at the same time, those are the fun parts for rehearsal, maybe particularly Lullaby and um, in, the closing, in the closing number. Elizabeth, you were going to say something. Um, I think also there's something really special about, as Alyssa was saying, uh, working on this piece that you all have created that is so 
obviously topical and timely, um, but it feels sort of like a little secret that we're all doing right now until we get to share it with everybody next week. And it's just, it's very cathartic to come here every day and to talk about these things through song and just sort of the general idea of doing that, um, uh, being able to use our, all of our artistic abilities that we've honed over the years to sort of purge how we're feeling and to next week say how we're feeling to the public. It's awesome. It's, It's just cannot be, it cannot be, I don't know, a price can't be put on that. Excellent. Carmen. It's also really special to be in a rehearsal process where the writers of the show are in the room and they're making mm-hmm. improvements and corrections mm-hmm. in the moment. Um, this is not something that usually happens um, in theater. You know, like we're normally doing a book that's been established. It's so oh, many yeah. years old. You know, maybe even the writers aren't even with us anymore. At least in original for sure, mm-hmm. for sure, that's right. And um, so that's it's been. I, I I feel like it's a privilege to be in the room watching you guys work and and make changes and improve. That's really a unique, like, living process of, of the work. Well, I have to say that um, I've really, really enjoyed this rehearsal process because normally when we as writers are at this point, we have written the show. We've actually seen a workshop performance of the show, and we've seen the show so many times, and we live <laughs> in it, and... and um, one of the things that's been so wonderful about rehearsing with you is that, and I, I believe I told you this uh, a couple days ago at rehearsal, you bring so much of your personality and and your, um, for lack of a better word, flair as, <laughs> as actors to the show. And I'm always, every day, I'm surprised with something really fun and cool that you're doing. So, you know... I, I don't know how Leo feels, but I appreciate that because it does it does help when you're sitting through the show for like the umpteenth time. <laughs> so thank you for that. Okay. Mr. Director, Mr. Stage Manager, how are rehearsals going? <laughs> well, um, I, I think rehearsals are, are going really well. Um, this is our last... Last week uh, of rehearsals before we move into the space for tech and the show's in really great shape. Um, and what's been exciting, Derek and I both got to work on the workshop first production of, of this show back in June um, of last year. And it's been really cool to see how the show has changed since then and what happens when you expand the cast from four people to six people and even the material that was the same from the first production to this one, how it changes with four different people singing those words or six different people singing those words. Um, So it's been fun for me to come in every night, quote unquote, knowing the show and seeing it evolve and change and still be fresh after, you know, almost a year of being, being familiar with it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Neil's so smart. <laughs> uh, that he is. Yeah, I think um, re- rehearsals are going quite well. I'm uh, excited to hear the cast say what a good experience that it has been because I feel like that's one of our first duties as a as a creative team is to make sure that they are well taken care of. So that's great to hear. Yes. Um, I worked on a lot of uh, new plays and, and work in development. So that aspect of this process hasn't... Um, been incredibly new to me, but what has been uh, nice, I think, is to uh, see a show in two completely different points in development. That is new to me. For us to get to do the workshop last summer, uh, to see a sh- the show in its specific sort of like, uh, I think uh, I thought of it sort of like as a, as a cabaret at that point, you know, to really expand the world through this process, both by adding actors, adding design elements. We've got a full design team for this uh, full production of the show. Uh, so that has been um, unique for me personally in this experience to kind of get to see that um, sort of the, the, the stops on the train, you know, as we've gotten there. The process. The process. The development process, yeah. which, which as writers, we're, we go through that a lot because, you know, you're a writer and you're expected to write something new. So 
you know. Um, now I have to. I want to tell a story because I don't know if everyone knows this, but we were originally going to cast two men and two women, and I I like to say that the ladies in our cast. Uh, got each other cast because we brought the three of you in and we couldn't decide who to cut. And so uh, Leo walks up to me and he holds up three fingers on one hand and three fingers on the other. And I just said, yes. So ladies, you got each other cast and guys, guys, you all owe it all to them. So that was a really yeah. fun callback. Yeah. We all came really out fun. like afterwards and we were like, Oh, that was like so much fun. It was also just really cool. We've like talked about it. How, um, cause we sang like, she's a woman in the callback. And oh, yeah. that song, even just singing it now is just a really cool experience mm-hmm. because you said how there's not a lot of songs written just for women singing about women, like about women. It's just awesome. And yeah. it was really cool. And the callback was just so much fun. I think we walked out of that callback feeling like we were each other's new friends. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. doesn't always happen. We definitely yeah. stayed there longer than we needed yeah. to. Yeah. Well, it's good. We're creating like lifelong friendships, yeah. which is, that's wonderful. America. We are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come, find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Now, are there any particular messages and themes that speak strongly to you that occur within the show that you'd like to talk about? So many. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, so when I've been telling like my friends and family that I'm in an anti-Trump musical, I think what they picture is typically like we've got Kellyanne Conway and Sean Spicer doing like the telephone hour or something. Um, <laughs> it's not too Which would be now. great. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. But I love that you guys chose to move the lens towards our response to what happened rather than trying to do caricature or something like that, which I'm sure that exists and I'm sure it's it does. great. But this is a lot more grounded and there's just so much heart in the book <laughs> and kind of bouncing, bouncing off of that too i when i tell people that i'm in an anti-trump musical they kind of think that it's going to be really one-sided yeah. and and it's so not you know there's i've really enjoyed i mean i enjoy playing all the characters that i play but like the ones that are a little bit different from my own views and like and you know it's not it's not just sleazy Republican politicians and like church ladies, but it's, you know, people who have really interesting and hard to cope with lives and views. And like, it's, it's very fun for me to climb into someone's skin that I don't quite understand, but that isn't so starkly different. And Mm. I just just find that very interesting. To be honest, like statistically, mathematically, there are a lot of Republicans in this country who are not happy with the current administration. Sure. I think the show is, shows them in a very positive light, yeah. mm-hmm. almost more so than the Democrats. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Like they, I don't think we, there's like no Republican bashing in general in the show. It's, Obviously, mm-hmm. specifically towards this administration, yeah, it's mm-hmm. not the most positive light. But people on the right who are unhappy with the way our country is going right now, I think we'll feel good coming out of the show. Excellent. I always tell people it's the anti-Trump musical, not the anti-Republican yeah. musical. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, because I think that, um, you know, Leo and I were, were put on an interview a couple weeks ago, and what I had said was, I think that it's it really is about the chaos, more than anything. That it's yeah. the, the administration is so chaotic and every day we have this great song called i wake up every morning that leo wrote and every day you just wake up and you're just besieged Mm -hmm. with all of this negativity and and i mean it just if you like politics i love politics so i'm i watch cnn all the time it can just be overwhelming Mm -hmm. you know it's no wonder why it's like i watch cnn or i watch cartoons one of the two (laughs) so um 
Ladies, talk about um, messages that you feel strongly about in the show. You already talked. You you talked about the um, the, the feminine feminism message of she's a woman. Anything else you want to bring up? Yeah, I um, get to sing a song in the show um, about a, a young mother who has to explain to her kids uh, who won on the night of election of the election or the morning after rather, and that song really. It's something I don't have kids, um, but I, I can totally understand that feeling of trying to have to explain to somebody who doesn't necessarily have the worldview that we all have what is happening right now because they they can tell. I worked I've worked with kids a lot, and when actually the election happened, I was working at a daycare. And I remember thinking like, am I going to have to explain to these three or four year olds? what's happening, what's going on. And I remember one of the moms saying that she was worried about her kid because they were Polish. And one of the kids told her child that that her parents were going to be deported. And it was just like awful things that even the children were hearing. Mm -hmm. And so that song, even though I don't have kids and it's not something that I can uh, literally connect to, I totally understand that notion of what do you tell the future generation of our country what happened? You know, how do they look back on this? How do we all look back on it and, and think that how did this happen? What went wrong? What went right? You know, it's really hard to fathom that conversation. And I really love singing that song because it it's exactly how we're all feeling, even if you don't know, you know, even if you don't have kids. Right. Absolutely. Creative team themes that stand out to you that you um, feel are important? Uh, I agree with what everyone has already said. Uh, but to me, what, what I do think makes this show special, especially um, comparing it to other uh, overtly political works, is that it does try to see as many perspectives as possible. Uh, there's rarely a through line from one character, uh, with one character going from one song to the next. We're really like dipping into a different scenario, a different world, a different community with almost every song. And I think, one, just for the appeal of a, of a show, there's a little something for everybody, but also just it... Um, it makes the show much more uh, universal and it doesn't um, spend too long tackling one subject other than the subject of the show. (laughs) Excellent. Um, We already discussed how we think that people will be surprised that it's not really a Republican bashing show. Um, are there any other ways that you think this show is going to surprise people? I think um, the fact that the conversation surrounding this political administration is inherently negative, but our show has a resolution of positivity. Mm-hmm. I think that would be surprising to people because mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, we live in a culture where the way that we consume maybe specifically our art is that we kind of um, want to know what it is before we, we go in, you know, uh, uh, it's, it's very sort of typical for us to read reviews before seeing a show or check out one of those stupid YouTube videos reviewing a movie <laughs> or something like that. Huh. Um, listen to the snippets of the album before we actually dive in. So I'm sure there are a lot of expectations for our show to be inherently negative because the administration is inherently negative, but, um, but yeah, um, songs like who won, um, certainly on our closing, there is a resolution of, yeah, it may look grim right now, but there is hope. Um, speaking of themes, I feel like mm-hmm. that is the overall, or at least to me, uh, the sort of um, shining theme of the show is that uh, even after this, there is a, a chance, there's hope for, for progress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think one thing that really stands out to me is... Um, I, I think all of us can agree that our political system has several flaws in it on both sides. And we saw that greatly with this last election. But what I love about this show is that that message of hope isn't, oh, well, we'll get him impeached and he'll get out of office. Oh, you know, we can handle this problem right now. It's that the people are the ones who have the power. And we need to remind ourselves of that. 
Um, it's, it's what's in the Constitution. We, the people, in order to form a more perfect union, it, it resides with us. And so turning that back, that sense of hope doesn't have to rely on what's happening in Washington that, you know, our congressmen are going to get these, these laws changed or um, everything that's happening there is going to change. It can start here with us. This is, this is where the power is. Um, and if that doesn't look hopeful, the 12 of us sitting in this room right now coming together with this idea um, that we need to do better and we need to be better and we need to help everyone around us do better and succeed as a country that's where this momentum is going to take us. And that's what I hope people walk away from um, is, is that feeling of, yes, yes, this is, this is where we can start from now. Okay. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, I, I, I agree. I mean, one of the, I think the main theme that Leo and I were going for was uh, the empowerment of the people. Um, and of course we want to do that with, with variant moments in the show. We want the show to be, uh, serious and uh, and important, but we also want it to be fun and funny. And um, when when we did the show um, uh, during the workshop production, I think one of the comments that we got was, "Wow, I, I feel like I just relived that entire nightmare." So we really put a lot of of um, we've we've tried to put a lot of levity in the show, so everyone's not like, "Oh, wow." Um, are, are there? Um, Elizabeth, you said that you had a really nice moment in the show that touches you personally, even if it's not who you are as a person in real life. Um, is there any moment in the show that touches anybody here personally that you like to talk about, that you connect with, that you really you feel? You already mentioned I Wake Up Every Morning, and um, I've said before that I feel like that song is – that may be the most universal of, of all of them, just in terms of I, uh, somebody was making that point earlier that even Republicans are probably unhappy in, in this current administration. And that song uh, puts a light on that sort of universal uh, feeling of, of despair or anxiety surrounding the administration. Um, and it's so powerful and it's beautifully performed. Uh, so, so, yeah, that song is, is particularly um, touching and, and striking for me. Excellent. Tim, you perform that song. I do. And do you, does that song touch you in that particular type of way? Or is there another moment in the show that, that really strikes you or stands out to you? That song definitely speaks to me in a very personal way. And I will say, um, I guess I can say this at this point in the process to me, when I perform that song, it's not totally about Trump. That's definitely a part of the bigger picture of my own experiences that I'm using for that. But the the message of just getting up in the morning and just saying to yourself, why? Like, why put in the effort? Why engage with the world when I could just not that speaks to me on a very very personal level um it's tough to put yourself out there yeah and feel vulnerable um in with so much crap coming at us all the time but if i don't do that if i'm not willing to go to that place i don't get the payoff of the end of the show where i kind of isolate myself in that song and then sort of rejoin the world with lullaby Mm -hmm. and with the last song um it's like doing the end of the show is almost like a fever dream like (laughs) very very it's emotional in like a core part of myself well we we rarely stop Uh for notes for the last (laughs) those last three songs (laughs) and and I think Leo and I wrote it that way. We wanted the end to be a group of songs that went from from um, from despair to hope to power, and uh, so so I'm glad. Um, Carmen, Alyssa, what about you two ladies? Any moments that? Yeah, so when I sing a song called 538, 538 refers to the Electoral College and the idea there, but. Um, 
and I like go back and forth myself on on the validity and the uh, in the electoral college and whether it makes sense or not. But for me, the powerful part about that song is the sentiment of of an immigrant woman who is speaking about her frustrations and how those frustrations just came alive that night. And for me, that's probably, I don't know, a place that I feel most personally connected to the show because her her sentiments at that moment were pretty much exactly my sentiments that night. I was so upset that night, so viscerally upset. Like, I I almost could not get to sleep that night. And that there's a that's a moment for me to voice those um, frustrations and concerns. And sometimes I think that myself as like a white, secure woman, that some of the things in the administration aren't going to hurt me. But that's not why I was upset. Like my values are definitely challenged with this administration. And I'm also thinking about other people and who are very much threatened um, in this administration. And we see it happening every day. You know, people are very much threatened by, by the policies here. And anyway, I think I sang that song for callbacks and was really excited that I got to sing that song in the show because it did, it means so much to me. And I feel like, I feel like her story gets to be told. And I've, I've often been thinking like, okay, I, I, I maybe don't look exactly like this woman from Saudi Arabia would look, but I am glad that I get to voice that because the audience is going to look at me and see, um, like they might prejudge a, a woman with darker skin and a hijab singing that, but maybe they'll hear it differently from someone that looks like me. I don't know. I just feel like mm, interesting. Mm-hmm. So I, so, cause I, I was, you know, thinking about how do I want to present myself in this? Do I want to try to affect an accent or whatever? Um, but I just, I feel so strongly about um, the things that she is basically kind of screaming about from her heart. Um, and so that's just, I don't know. I could keep going, but that's just a really meaningful moment for me. Excellent. Alyssa. Yeah. Um, Something that I've found that's so special about, like, the show you guys have written is that they're – everyone had their own kind of, like, special, like, experiences with, like, the election and with that, like, the whole year and everything. And so there are just going to be so many different parts where, like, a line will be said or a moment will be had that you'll be taken back to, like, a very specific moment or you'll remember a memory and stuff like that. And – so there are, like, moments in the show when we were, like, singing through and working it, I get transported back to, like, a day that I remember. So, like, sure. I'll remember, like, I'll always remember, um, like, when I found out that that Trump won the election. I think, like, we all kind of, like, will probably have a memory of, like, that night or, like, the morning after. And so I think that people will have just like such a, like a personal experience with this show because they're going to be going through, going back through so many personal memories. And I think that something that I've like experienced through this show is just reliving just different points. Like in my, even, oh my gosh, it's only been like, yeah, but you just so many mm-hmm big things have happened over like the year that this show just like transports you back like in time to like those moments and that's something that's just been so interesting (laughs) working like I've never really worked on a piece that has just taken me directly back to very specific memories that has only like been a year and so that's just what's been so extraordinary about working on this wow now, Bradley, you have a solo where you play a uh, like a Republican cowboy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's called Perhaps. Tell us how you feel about that and how you you get to that place to be able to to sing that. Sure. Well, yeah. When I first um, <clears throat> when I first started kind of diving into the song, it was difficult because he does you know say a couple things in the course of the song that I pretty vehemently disagree with. But um, kind of like what Tim was talking about before, when during the election, me and some of my friends kept talking about how the just like very typical, reasonable, logical Republican voter doesn't have a voice. You know, like um, you know, the Democrats, we kind of felt like we were 
split between some different sort of philosophies, but like ultimately most people felt that they had some sort of representation and like on the right, you know, they're being very split down the middle and one faction of them doesn't really have a voice. And so I feel um, that it's, that's kind of where that guy lives sort of like his, but he's also someone who sort of was duped. You know I mean? He's this person who believed a lot of what Trump said and the promises that he gave. And then, you know, now here we are, and it's none of it's happening, you know, and all the things he thought were going to return to him haven't, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, you know, that song actually for me, <clears throat> parts of the show that resonate with me the most are all the parts where we talk about children. Um, for mm-hmm. me, whatever reason, you know, I don't have children, but for whatever reason, um, any, in any media, in movies, in books, in, you know, anything, whenever children are brought up, it just kind of tugs at my heartstrings pretty immediately. And so, um, you know, like Elizabeth's song um, about her children really gets me when we sing lullaby. Um, that really gets me. And in this song, he talks about his son who is sick and, you know, he's lost his job and he can't really pay for their health care. And it just really, it really helps me um, step into, like I was saying before, step into this person's skin who isn't like me in a lot of ways, but kind of understand how someone got where he is, you mm-hmm. know, and... And I think he goes on a big journey through the song, just kind of realizing that for himself, kind of like realizing, um, I mean, a couple of things. I mean, that his opinions are valid, but also that maybe he was wrong. You know, maybe that he um, didn't really interpret some of the things the way they turned out. And it's really sad. You know, it's like, um, and so that's kind of how that song goes for me. It's been a journey of trying to, you know, overcome my initial sort of, um, hesitancy to jump into this person's skin because it's so different than, from who I am um, and kind of find out who he is and what he's going through. I mean, he's struggling in his own right, right. just like we all are. Yeah. Um, one of the things, my, my husband, David, is an actor, and he's always saying one of the main rules about being an actor is that you just can't judge the character. Yeah. If you want to play the character yeah. correctly, you can't, you can't judge the character. You just have to find the soul of the character mm-hmm. And uh, I would imagine that uh, – let me just let me just like insert this. This cast is playing a total of 55 roles, whether they're specific characters or just uh, a character who, you know, sort of is created for five seconds. They're, you guys are doing so much. Um, uh, it, it, does it become hard at times not to judge, to just put – things aside and just go, you know, like we have a song called love and hate where we have uh, two Republicans and two Democrats on election night who are arguing with each other. Um, Does that, is that difficult to, to sing? Yeah. Well, it's also just been very enlightening kind of for me because with, when the election was happening, there was just so much fear. There was Democrats fearing what would happen if Trump got in office and Republicans fearing what would happen if Hillary got in office. And I think that one of the huge issue issues were like no one was figuring out why we were so scared of each other. And I think that was one of the biggest things. And um, so it's love and hate was is one of like my favorite ones to perform because I kind of got like to break down why this woman is so scared and why like where does that like fear stem from and because that was a huge like fear is a huge motivator in mm. I think that the in the election and so I think that um, that's so interesting I would have never thought that about that song did you have that thought about no. love and hate wow no. we we oh, love no. when life no 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 it's great uh, it's perfect I heard song the other night last night I said it's wonderful when people find meaning in what we do <laughs> yeah oh, absolutely yeah. of course we'll we'll take full responsibility for it. Yeah. Oh, of course we meant to do that yeah. I'm sorry go on no. No, no. I, I mean, that's just been that's why it's been so interesting looking at some of the characters in the show, because to see why like they were so scared or why that they made the choices that they did and what like motivated them to make the choices. And I think that like under like understanding why they made the choices that they did is a huge thing in understanding the characters and bringing like truth to them because there are such real people out there that were struggling with all of these issues. And, um, that's why when they went like 
when they cast like their ballot, they, that's why they made the choice that they did. And so mm-hmm. I think it's just so important to understand why. And I think that that's what this show does. Wow. Uh, no, <laughs> um, kind of bouncing off that. Um, well, love and hate is one of my favorite songs to perform in the mm-hmm. show too. Um, and I think it really well captures something a little disturbing I've noticed about politics over the last year, year and a half is that it's become sport to a lot of people. It's become a game. Um, and without going too much into the specifics of any policies that were talked about during the election, um, for me, the way that I get into that character is like, I know that with the couple that we're performing with, I'm never going to be able to make them see my viewpoint. I'm, they're just, we're too different. Um, we come from two different backgrounds. What I can do is piss them off. It's fun to piss people off who don't agree with so you. So there's fear um, and there's anger. Yes. Yeah. Well, well I, do, I definitely see the anger in that song. <laughs> I, I do. But, you know, there was, it was, uh, you couldn't find two groups of people that were further apart leading up to that. Yeah. Yeah, so Elizabeth, you were going to say something. Uh, I just, I just was going to say mention that I play a character in one of our most fun songs to do the tweets a song uh, Winnie tweets. I play this um, very religious fanatic y uh, woman um, and hilariously too. <laughs> I have to say, <laughs> I naturally um, uh, do a sort of like Southern Texan accent, and I am originally from Texas. Um, and come from a very religious family. Um, and so it's really interesting. It's sort of a hard line to walk, even though it is a caricature of a person and the way that we're doing it. But it's interesting to play that role of people that I know. Mm-hmm. I know those people. And some of them I love dearly. And it, it's, it's hard to walk that line uh, knowing that there are people in my life that feel that way, maybe. But then I know there are people um, uh, who uh, are very religious and very, um, maybe not to that extent, um, but are, um, but because of the way the policies that we won't get into or whatever, immediately would they would never have voted for Trump, and so they decided to go in the opposite direction. Um, Whatever. So it's really interesting to play this role where without making her a huge caricature, um, but also understanding that there are people who feel that way, um, but also understanding her and why she would feel the way she feels, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. It's hard because it is it is one of our more um, on the top of the spectrum uh, yeah. character. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled to hear that because I grew up in Texas too around the same people and I've, mm-hmm. I've written a number of characters like this. Yeah. And I got the note the other evening that nobody says truth abounds. It's like, oh yes, they do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh well, yes, they do. And I have a little, just I'll, I'll admit it here, on on radio, I have, I have a little uh, charm song called I'm a Fungus for Jesus, <laughs> uh, which I'll be happy to sing for you. <laughs> Is it long? Um, it's not quite finished yet. <laughs> oh, okay. So you're not done with it. Yet, I, right? I'm not going to perform it for you right now. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, no. <laughs> oh. wow. Yeah. What a letdown. I know, right? You know, you, you know get what? us like I, you're like drooling over know, that, and then you just we're going, pull the plug. We're going into the studio on the 17th to record this. I'm going to take a couple of minutes here. We're going into the studio to record this on the 17th. I will finish the song by then. And 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 we'll record it. Okay. Yes. But you know the, the the thing I was thinking of here, and I don't know if you're going to touch on it or not, is is that there is a character, there's there's an entity missing from this discussion. Mm-hmm. You know, and none of us have seen this person yet, and that is the projections, because this mm-hmm. is a multimedia mm-hmm. production. It is. And I think we're going to be bowled away when we see. The projections that go with these songs. I mean, because some of they are real life photographs. They're people. I um, I want. And we talked about this in June. I want people to come out of this hour of nonstop music. This is the hardest working cast in show business. <laughs> An hour of nonstop Indeed. music, and I want them to go. I need to go back. I I can't. There's so much going on. You know. Absolutely. Well, we can thank our 
director for his excellent choices in um, the creative team that you brought together. Why don't you talk a little bit about some of the people that you've brought on to to develop the show visually and um, you know the, the audio elements that you're bringing in that aren't musically related or writing related. Sure. Uh, we have G. Max Maxon IV, uh, which is a, a mouthful. <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, uh, who is our projections designer, G. Max. Uh, he worked with us last summer on the show, uh, and uh, he's great. Uh, he w- we were able to check in with um, two of the, the members of our uh, team tonight, and uh, they're doing great work. I did get to see some of the projections. I'm uh, very excited. Uh, and we also have uh, Cat Wilson. What a tease, huh? Tease. <laughs> you can see them in my eyes. Right. <laughs> uh, and then Cat Wilson is our lighting designer. Uh, and we also have um, a set designer. Uh, his name is Theron. And he is coming to us from Cincinnati. This will be like his first big Chicago production. Ooh. Which wow. is very exciting. Yeah. So we got, we got people coming from all walks of life uh, <laughs> coming to join the creative team. Um, yeah. But uh, something that uh, Kat and I discussed tonight, and it, it's sort of in line with something that everyone's been saying, uh, is I think of the first song in our show as a, uh, it's called City on a Hill, and it's a, it's, a, it's a song of hope and the promise of tomorrow and sort of uh, that angelic, naive, however um, wrongly so, uh, mindset that we all have at some point in life where we think anything's possible. And then the 2016 election happened, and we spend the rest of the show trying to get back to that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what I think sort of the really... Um, nice tension of the show is as uh, either individual characters or groups of people that we portray in certain songs trying to get back to that um and in a weird sort of way that in hearing everyone articulate it I, I i don't think i said it out loud before but i think this show is sort of um the five steps of grieving um it and I, I think we've, we we go through them all. We go through denial. We go through anger. We get to acceptance. You, you know, and I, and I think for a lot of people in the country, whether no matter what side they're on, there's a sense that something was lost during this election cycle. Whether it was like my side lost, or I feel like some of my personal values were sacrificed, or I I lost all these friends because I finally saw their true colors. I think a lot of people are carrying around this sense of loss. And for me, this show is kind of about like exercising all of those demons to try to get back to where we are at the top of the show, which is that city on a hill. Uh, and I think. Um, I think we get there. Um, it's nonstop, and we go through. <laughs> we go. On, there are a lot of detours along the way, but right. I think we eventually are like are, are, are we claw our way back to it by the end of the show. Um, and it's a nice bookend of, of of hope and optimism. That's a lovely director's vision. I'm glad to hear that. I, I haven't said it out loud um, before now. But I agree with you. I like it all. I know. Tell me more. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and by the way, the, the grief process idea that we, we, we totally came up with. That, that we meant that, right? Didn't right. we? Right. Right. That, we meant that. Isn't that right, though? I mean, because... No, it... Oh, well, yeah, you, I was wrong. kidding, obviously. Well, no, well, it's well, great. Well, well, you're absolutely right. You're, absolutely, you're, you're totally right. How you hadn't thought about like the, the fear before. And I, I actually hadn't thought about that either. I was like, yeah, there's fear in here. There's certainly denial. There, there's a lot of anger. But and then there's this like, okay, acceptance. Like this is what's the fifth stage? I missed one. Bargaining. Bargaining. Bargain. Oh my God. There's certainly there's bargaining. There's so much bargaining. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. oh my God. And then by the end of the show, we get to this. Okay, if this is how things are, okay, great. That's that's how, that's how today is. Let's change it. Like like we can't. Yeah. I I, I yeah. think it 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 cycles through like that. Wow. That's yeah. that's that's great. <clears throat> yeah. I, I, I'm just going to say I never thought of that, and and I'm glad that you did. So Neil, go ahead. Yeah, I was we just going to so good. Yeah. We write so things we don't even know are happening. But no, I was going to say I think a lot of that has to do with some of the rewrites that you guys have made since the workshop production. Um, and I'll say there were days after rehearsals back in June where I would be talking to Derek, you know, just working through things and. Um, it was really hard to work on the show this summer because I think it was still so fresh. Mm-hmm. And I think we were, we were very much in that anger phase. Um, and now being a little bit further away from the initial reaction and dealing with all of the emotional turmoil that we were in at that time, 
um, it's kind of, it's for sure given me a clearer head to look at everything. Um, and I think the way that you guys have reworked the book and the new material that you've written and the changes to some of the old material um, really helps take us on that journey in a much clearer sense and um, makes makes it a journey. It, it takes us from from that moment to where we are today. And yeah, we are talking a year almost to the day um, when wow. we open. It's, yeah. you know, we will open Friday, uh, January 26th. And, you know, he was inaugurated on the 20th of January last year. So oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> all of this has happened in 12 months. And it's I think it's also crazy. just a testament to your writing um, because it is so honest and feels so true that it, and there isn't a moment in the show to me that feels forced or, uh, or any, it all feels very honest. And I think that that sense of the stages of grief, like Neil was saying that we all went through all of those stages in this past year. And the, because you all are just writing from a place of truth and honesty and how you both clearly felt this past year, that that came across just sort of inherently. And I think that's, something so special about this show is that there's never a moment where I'm on stage where I feel like I have to force the words that you've given us or the notes that you've given us to sing. Cause it just feels right. Well, thanks. <laughs> my, my, my absolute favorite parts to write and, and were the ones, uh, cause we came out of the June performances and I had a couple of feedback is that we, you don't say that you don't give the other side of the story. It's like, well, actually we did. But what I've learned that if the audience doesn't get it, then you haven't done it well enough. So right, yeah. And, hmm. and did a couple things and, and tweaked perhaps, and then we put in where'd the party go. Mm. Um, and uh, and began to look at a couple of other things. And, and, and the parts that I've enjoyed the most are putting myself in the Republican shoes and trying to come up with, I mean, not demonizing, because this is not, that's not helpful to anybody. Mm -hmm. Right. My, my, both my brothers are, are Republicans, and I and I actually <clears throat> thought to myself, I wonder how they feel about this. And it's like, you know, you know, uh, uh, um, Milton, my, my my brother, Melvis brother, studied with Milton Friedman, and it's like, oh my God, it's like we we can never have, you know, uh, respectful conversations with each other. But I still love the man in terms mm -hmm. of you know, talk about mm -hmm. economics. So um, it was really really fun doing those songs and seeing those and fleshing it out. Um, and when Paul Liskus uh, interviewed us, I think the very last thing he said says, "So, well, Trump, Trump voters like this." And I said, "Well, it's, we're very, we're, we're very sympathetic to Republicans." <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. like, well, I, I think one of the smart choices you made was for it to be a song cycle and not a musical. Because of that, there are there are less scenes, there's less interplay between characters than in a traditional musical, and because of that, we don't have villains. This right. isn't a show where people are singing songs. We rarely judge, we've talked about this a little, we, I don't think we judge the characters. We don't blame anyone. There's not a lot of blame being thrown around in the show. It's just <clears throat> a very, very personal experiences of individual people or small groups of people just trying to express how they feel. Um, and I imagine that's what the writing process was sort of yeah. like. That's what mm -hmm. the directing process has been like. I know that's what the design process is like, the team has told me. And I would imagine it's like that for the actors some as well. It's just because it's so personal and focused on individual people and stories, it allows it to become universal for the audience versus finger pointing for, for, for yeah. 60 minutes. Yeah. I think the really easy <clears throat> way to have gone would have been to vilify, uh, to parody, and to scream at the audience. Mm -hmm. And nobody wants to be screamed at for an hour mm -hmm. and pay yeah. money for that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> there's, there's a lyric in Love and Hate that says, each side screams out their asses. And I think one of the big things is all we hear are, are the loud voices mm -hmm. of the media on both sides just True. saying, the Republicans are wrong, the Democrats are wrong, and it's party against party. And all of these forgotten voices of the people are getting muffled. And, um, I grew up in Mississippi and, um, lived there for a while. So did Derek. Um, <laughs> just and, uh, down the street, just down mm. the street. Uh. Um, <laughs> and lived there for a while before I moved to Chicago. And, um, right after the election, I went home for Christmas and was having dinner with one of my best friends and her husband. Um, 
and we the election came up and we were both kind of trying to avoid it um, because her husband works offshore on an oil rig. Um, so for him, most elections, he tends to vote Republican because he's also very religious. And so a lot of his morals align with the Republican Party. A lot of his beliefs do. But from an from a livelihood standpoint, cutting back on drilling and oil, that's that's what he does to provide for his family. Right. Um, so it's not just this, oh, I don't like the Democrats. It's if I if I vote for someone who says they want to limit this and restrict this and take this away, that's me losing the money that I use to provide for my for my wife and for this family that we're trying to build. Right. Um, and I think that's what perhaps touches on. Is, sure. Uh, a lot of, a lot of the reason that some of the States swung Republican for the first time in how many years is because whether it was true or not, Trump said things to those people that they hadn't heard. They had never been addressed. Um, and unfortunately the, the Republican party did a better job at reaching out to, to those groups than the democratic party did. And I think it's because they just assumed that was in the bag. These States have never gone Republican. You know, it's, we don't have to focus our efforts here. Um, and so that was, that was one thing that really stood out, especially in perhaps and in love and hate. It's like there, there are these loud voices that we're hearing all the time, but the reason that things changed is because of the voices that we don't always hear from. You're right. And um, we do see the two uh, op- complete opposite opposing groups, but not every Republican is homophobic. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, not every Democrat wants uh, uh, overly socialism type mm-hmm. programs. I mean, we have to realize that we're we're dealing with people who are blends now. Mm-hmm. And um, that's, I, I think that's what we try to, to do with various characters and as I, well and get that message across. I, I, think, I think the reality is most people are single-issue voters. Yeah. I think, yeah. I, think, I think we would be disingenuous to say, uh, even though I'm a single-issue voter, I expect you to vote on a very broad swath. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, thinking of, thinking of, of Neil's brother-in-law, so, like, why would he not vote? Why would he vote against his interests? You know, I, I, I you know, if somebody came out and said I'm against gay marriage and, and gays ought to have electroshock, it's like I'm not voting for him. Yeah. I don't care if I don't care if they're giving away puppies. Melissa, you were going to say something. <laughs> uh, well, I was just, um, just like thinking about how what I have really like what I hate now about our current political climate is that. It, it's almost turned into if you're a Democrat, you have to hate a Republican. If you're a Republican, you have to hate Democrats. Mm-hmm. And that's just what I think where a lot of the issues come from is that when um, people are be- – when you're – when you like label yourself as like in these parties and suddenly you have to adopt all – of yeah. these views. And, mm-hmm. and like you were saying, that's not really the case anymore for a lot of these people and how it a lot never of has been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it really hasn't. And how, um, I have like friends now who I knew people who are like Republican and they hate now that they say, because I'm a Republican, I now have to mm-hmm. hate gay marriage or I, I can't support like all these things when it really like stemmed down to, I like believe in this kind of economy and I believe in like this, like in like this kind of like, form of government and that's like really what it was but now it's just grown into these huge just just like I don't even know yeah (laughs) how to explain it it's just like if you think that it's not a spectrum if politics are not on a spectrum if you think that Barack Obama was the ultimate left then what is the answer to Barack Obama being the ultimate left Trump and he, he was right down the middle, right? So if we think that it's left or right, right or left, then we've already lost because it's not about, and I think that's something that this show really encapsulates is that it's not about right or wrong or who did what or, you know, left or right. It's we the people. Right. Um, you know, one of the things that I have to thank all of you for uh, that I 
didn't even really realize. And I know it's there, but it didn't dawn on me. And maybe I just take it for granted. You know, we, we as writers, most of our work is done in advance. And for me, it's done sitting in, uh, like pajamas and what, mm-hmm. which is usually like boxer shorts and a t-shirt mm-hmm. watching TV while I ride and Leo in front of, I know that's way, way, way too descriptive, but, <laughs> but you, I can tell by your answers that you've all done so much soul searching for the project. You've really thought about how do I, how do I square all of this? And not just with one character, but a multitude of characters. And I see that. And I don't know why I didn't see it before, <laughs> but I want you to know how much I appreciate it on on the performance side, on the music side, on the, the technical side. All of the thought that you've given this this piece that we've been writing for the last year is um, I, I, I hope I can tell you that I appreciate it more than two dozen donuts. That's really how you show someone. Okay, you appreciate well, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know food. Yeah. So, so that's, uh, that's, that's just really wonderful. Um, to close out the show, can everybody just really quickly tell our audience what people should come and see and maybe one sentence, come and see, uh, we, the people, the anti-Trump musical, Derek, you start. You're the director. You start. <laughs> it starts with you. It does start with me. Uh, they should come see We the People uh, because it will surprise and delight them, but also make them think about the last year in ways they have not. Okay. That's great. Neil? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think we all we can always use another chance to check in with the people around us and, and connect. And we have another election coming up in 11 months, 10 months, and it's, it's time for change. I'm, I'm challenging them not to repeat answers here. Here you go. Let's get your creative. Alyssa. Alyssa's like, you took my answer, man. I was just going to say, I think that it'll in, um, inspire people to talk about what they can do like them personally, whether that be, you know, canvassing for a, like someone in like a local election that they feel can represent them well, or if it's marching or if it's do, like, I think that it'll get people talking about how they can like, how they can contribute to like the conversation and like take action. Excellent. Bradley. Well, I think that one of the purposes of musical theater and theater is to, you know, kind of take themes from the world and process them in a way that we wouldn't normally. And, you know, this, there is no other musical that has dealt with these themes before. So it's very unique. Okay, great. Elizabeth? I think you should come see this musical. This is a total left turn because of all the amazing harmonies we do. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Totally. are six of us and often six times uh, a harmony. So mm-hmm. come see it and hear that because it's really fun to sing. And, again, we can thank the ladies for that, for, for making sure we had six people in the cast <laughs> and not four. <laughs> Carmen? I like the idea that we might be able um, to give encouragement, support, and maybe respite to – people who are out there on the front lines working um, in, in maybe danger zones uh, with this current administration. Um, that maybe uh, for an hour, let us be your voice. Come and just sit. Maybe relax. You've been working all week. Maybe you think, I want to go home and think about nothing. But if you feel strongly about being active for change, um, we want to support you in that. And sometimes as artists, we don't know what we can do. And maybe we feel like the art that we're doing doesn't matter, but it does because art is a part of our humanity. All cultures everywhere, you can't get away from that. And so this is a moment where art is being used to to raise people people's voices, to encourage people towards change. And I, I just, you know, I, I'm not always out there being an activist or whatever, but if I can make those people feel supported and encouraged and not alone for an hour, then maybe they can be refreshed and go out there and continue to fight and uh, and, and they can feel heard. For Excellent. Mm-hmm. Dwayne? Um, in addition to all the profound things said, on a practical level, it is an entertaining show. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, it is surprisingly humorous. Yes. And, uh, and, and I think we have a very, very talented cast. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. 
to bounce off what Dwayne just said, um, because of the way the show is written and staged, there's a lot of times when all I have to be doing is sitting and watching one of you or listening to one of you. So my thing will be the five people sitting to my right. Uh, the oh. musicianship and the talent on display is insane. <laughs> yes. Right back, so thank you. Uh-huh. Excellent. We sh- and we should mention our music director, Ty Miles. Oh my God, we should. <laughs> Who can't be here tonight because he's working on a school project, I think, or something uh, like that. He's auditioning so. for the Juke Concerto competition. Oh. Yeah. 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 Good luck, man. Yeah, he'll he'll sure he'll, he'll, yeah. he'll yeah. nail it. But he's he he's doing a, a tremendous job yes. on the show. He's yeah. Mm-hmm. Leo, why sure. should people come see our musical that we've written and rewritten? And I have to tell you. In between the um, the uh, workshop performance and this performance, I made Leo do a like a seven hour rewrite session with me, like a week after he had stomach surgery, yeah. and I was so hardcore on him that he had to go take a nap. Like halfway through, he's like, "I need to go take a nap." Yeah, I so the, I left you in the dining room with the dog that hates you. <laughs> the dog loves me. What? Okay. All right. All right. I'm going to put that out of my mind until the end of the interview. I, I, I want people to come to the show and be empowered. I really do. I, I, I you know, I mean, this is, I have, this is my heart, and I, um, I only do projects that I really want to do, and I really, I had to do this. And we spoke that that next morning. Yeah, I had to do this. Um, so, um, the comments have really been wonderful. But I want people to be empowered. I also want to be famous. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, I think that that's probably a unanimous sentiment <laughs> from everybody that's in this room. Oops, sorry. Um, I want people to come and see it because um, I, I want people to feel like they have a voice. We have a country that, um, although it may take time, has the ability to heal itself. And we are fortunate that that we had people who created the government and then developed the government because it certainly was not perfect when it was created and it has developed into a system to where we can make the change. Even if that's just the way we treat our children um, or if we're marching or if we're or, or in the voting booth, we have that ability and that capability and Three years is not that long. <laughs> Actually, one year is not that long. So that, that's why I want people to come and see the show. And it really is rolling out to be a really cool and interesting show. And I'm, I'm, and I'm really proud of it. So um, there we go. Now, Leo, can you do me a favor before I uh, wrap it up and tell me, uh, give our audience the social media information and the ticket information where they can get tickets to We the People, the anti-Trump musical. Well, Please. You, can, you can find on Facebook, you can find Flying Elephant Productions and We the People. They both have their individual pages. Uh, you can go to stage773.com where the tickets are being sold. Uh, we uh, preview the 26th. We open the 27th. We're running through February 10th. Um, and uh, we have Sunday matinees at three. Ticket sales are going well. Excellent. Um, we even have. I'm excited. I mean, I've already everybody already knows this, but we have one of the law firms that was out at O'Hare the night of the Muslim ban. The first Muslim ban came down. Um, they're doing the pro bono work out there, and they're coming to see the show as the office party, which Woo-hoo! is really exciting. Yeah, really we love cool. that. That's, yeah. that's that's really cool. Excellent. Um, Thank you so much for being guests on my show, cast and creative team of We the People, the Anti-Trump Musical. You're all incredible. You're all super talented. You're great people, which is really the most important thing to me. And um, I'm I'm just so happy that we had a chance to do this interview. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, it's, it's my pleasure entirely. Um, well, folks, the proverbial 11 o'clock number has been sung and the vows have been taken, so it's time to lower the curtain. Once again, I'd like to thank my guests, the sensational cast and creative team of We the People, the Anti-Trump Musical. So fabulous. You can find more episodes of your program is your ticket at uh, your program is your ticket.com. Uh, I'm on Twitter at uh, Twitter at at program ticket. It's at 
at Program Ticket. Um, and I'm on Facebook. Uh, your program is your ticket. Um, and I'm on iTunes and SoundCloud. So go there, rate me, write me a review, subscribe, do all of that stuff, tell all of your friends. It helps with my profile. Very quickly, um, if you want to hear Leo Schwartz, who is the first guest on this show, he's episode well, that would be one. Derek, our director, is episode 17. The We the People workshop cast and creative team is episode 18. And DC Cathro, who is the artistic director of um, uh, Flying Elephant Productions, is episode 41. Can, I, can you tell I like these people? <laughs> uh, folks, take a little time to see a show this week, and don't forget to give a smaller show some love. There's a lot of great theater gems out there. And until our next show, good night, theater people. And Kurt. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.